and welcome to Wealth of Knowledge. I'm your host, Antonio Barbera, and this week we're doing a little bit of uh, investing retrospection on the show with our very own senior investing reporter, John Devine. At the end of 2018, I asked John to come on and share his best stocks for 2019, and he offered 10 varied options for investors to look at. So now, we, uh, we at U.S. News believe in helping people make decisions, but we also aim to make sure our advice is sound. So to that end, we're going to look back at John's picks together, do a sort of stock pick audit. And as we run through these 10 picks, I'm going to get John's take on why the stock performed as it did and whether it's worth buying more today, selling, or just holding with what you have. First of all, John, thanks for coming on. It, it takes a strong person to offer predictions and then a stronger one to be willing to back up those decisions a year later. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. That's uh, very kind of you. The spoiler alert here is that the vast majority of John's picks did very well over the year, so I suppose I'm giving John maybe a little bit too much credit for coming back. Uh, maybe this is just a chance for you to show off a little bit, but uh, welcome maybe. anyway. Maybe. I'll take it. You know, Thank you. So now, outside of your 10 picks, can you give a quick summary about how the market performed as a whole last year? Yeah, so um, to begin the year, I mean, the market was a little beaten down. Um, tech had suffered a, a sell-off in particular. Um, there were concerns um, about China, and actually at the beginning of the year, uh, rising rates w- was a big concern. Um, and so it was, the year started out on sort of uncertain footing. And that ended up, you know, being good for for returns because everything ended up being fine, um, uh, you know, knock on wood. But uh, the the Federal Reserve ended up being quite accommodative, lowering rates a few times. That always helps with with stocks. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of other places to turn if you're an investor and you're looking for, um, you know, yield. Say it's just not there, so you sort of have to turn to stocks. Um, and also the economy, um, uh, you know, there were fears about um, maybe uh, um, the bull market getting a little long in the tooth and um, things not uh, going so well. But, you know, the economy has been chugging along and the trade war has not really um, been as much of an impact as people thought it might be. So uh, stocks are up 20 um, some odd percent uh, to date. Uh, it's been quite a good year. It's uh, now the the longest bull uh, market in history. Um, it's not the most robust one in terms of returns, but it's been quite good for investors. And um, as of now, um, everything's going well. So as we look at these 10 picks, I just want to add a few housekeeping notes. Uh, I don't normally like, like to say the recording date, but we're recording this on December 12th. Uh, so the current stock price may have moved slightly by the time this publishes, by the time... Almost guaranteed, dude. Right, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> by the time people listen to it. So I've taken the approximate stock price today uh, to make our calculations of, of comparison. So we'll be, we'll be looking at the stock price on December 31st of 2018 and the price today. Right. Uh, also, the returns don't consider capital gains tax for obvious reasons. Sure. So, Let's start with the first one that you brought up last year, which was Starbucks, the popular coffee company and coffeehouse chain. On December first of thirty first, excuse me, of last year, stock was sixty four dollars and forty cents. Today, it's eighty eight dollars for about thirty six percent return. What did Starbucks do well, and and are you buying more, selling, holding? Well, uh, Starbucks was really uh, sort of a beneficiary of what I was talking about uh, earlier, which is just the general uh, pessimism of the market. I thought it was uh, 
quite a good deal at the time. It was trading around 20 times earnings. Everybody knows Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks probably um, interacts with it or purchases coffee, uh, or you know now they've got little treats and delicacies uh, from it uh, on a regular basis. I know I do um, every now and then. And mobile ordering has been a big success for a few years with them. Um, they were. Uh, sort of first to get off the ground in that arena. Them and McDonald's have done uh, a very good job in the restaurant space um, in that respect. And uh, they've got a new CEO. You know, their old um, their old one decided he might want to run for president. Decided against if, if it. If you but, guys recall that happening. Yeah. Yep. And um, but Kevin Johnson is their new CEO, and he's continuing to invest in in, in tech and. Um, Going forward, their uh, sort of their catalyst that they're uh, promoting, at least to analysts, and, and some of them are are, are buying it, uh, is that they'll invest in AI, you know, and uh, which you know you sort of wonder how is that going to advantage a company like Starbucks, but they're doing it to anticipate demand, uh, inventory, scheduling uh, with labor and everything, um, but. So today it trades for about 30 times earnings. So, um, you know, I think that's a reflection of just the market having done well, Starbucks having executed, their earnings have been uh, fine, they've been buying back stock. I think it's a little bit pricier than it was to begin the year. Um, I would say hold if I was going to give a recommendation on it today. It's a great company, but I just think it's not the deal that it was to begin the year with. Next on your list was NXP Semiconductors, the global semiconductor manufacturer headquartered in the Netherlands. Last year, stock was $73.28. Today, it's $124. Giant returns, over 69% mm-hmm. return. What are your thoughts on uh, well, NXP? Well, proud of this pick. Proud of this pick. Um, you know, I think it was a, a great time. It was an opportunistic uh, pick because at the time, um, you know, there's a company, Qualcomm, a big chip maker, had wanted to buy them out for a, a, around the price that they're trading for now. Um, and that had been, for various reasons, that had been tied up with the Chinese government, had uh, basically nixed the deal. Um, and, you know, this was a stock that, as you said, I think was trading around 70 bucks a share or, or lower to begin the year. Um, and so there was already just an indication that this was what um, the market was willing to pay or what, you know, its peers considered the company was, was valued at. So I thought it was sort of um, not all the time do you have sort of straightforward issues like this where, um, where the, the value is so, so compelling and it's so different from the current price. So I think that that was unusual to begin the year. But, um, you know, currently it still trades for about 15 times earnings, which is pretty conservative uh, in the grand scheme of things, pays a you know, modest one, 1.2% dividend as of now. Um, and obviously not the deal that it was to begin the year with, but I think it's still a strong stock. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, they, they, they supply, um, you know, growing industries like, like the automotive industry and the Internet of Things that um, should continue to grow for a while. I think its prospects are strong. I would say it's still buy. Next up is Facebook, everyone's favorite or <laughs> most hated social yeah. media service. We talked about this last year, and when we were 
talking about Facebook, it was sorting through complaints about uh, data privacy. Yeah. And it seems a year later they're in the same exact position. Uh -huh. But the stock had no issues through the right. year. So, uh, Funny how that works. Sometimes. At the end of the year, it was uh, at around $131. Today it's at 201 That That could move uh, you know, in the next few weeks. But mm -hmm. it's about a 50 53% return on that. So uh, what do you have to tell us about Facebook? Well, it's just um, it's a it's a great growth stock still, large cap growth. That's sort of a a mandatory um, stock to own if you're uh, a fund manager. Um, it's been a big part of of the tech markets gains of Nasdaq and how it's performed. Um, you know, yeah, they've had some some PR crises in the last few years, but it really hasn't dinged the business too much um, because you know Instagram. I mean. Can we can we say anything about how how obsessed people are with with Instagram and how much that is growing? And they haven't really even monetized that to the full extent that it can. They have WhatsApp, uh, the messaging platform, um, obviously their core Facebook um, uh, app, and then Messenger. All of these have you know a billion users or more. I believe Messenger does. Um, and now they're trying to create their own currency. So, I mean, you know, how, how much more dominant can you get? It's just, uh, in terms of its performance, I mean, again, it benefited from, from tech having been beaten down a little bit. But this is a company that's still growing 20 30% a year. Um, and I think that the main concern is with regulation. If you're going to have a concern with Facebook about whether they could be broken up, um, I think realistically, it's uh, you know that would be sort of har have to harken back to, to days of you know Teddy Roosevelt and and trust busting and you know AT and T um, splitting up into a, a bunch of uh, uh, smaller companies and and that is I don't know that I don't see that happening so I think that it's still a, a, a solid stock to buy um, you know socially maybe it's you know. ESG investors might not be um, too pumped about it, but um, it's always a good name to have in your portfolio, I think. Next up is Stitch Fix, the online personal styling service. I think you and I talked about last year about whether or not we used it and, and how often and, <laughs> and how we how we styled our wardrobe because oh, of yeah. it. But Stitch Fix, up and down uh, throughout the year. On December 31st of last year, it was at $17 and just over 17 Today it's at 27, but during the year had gone up to 33, had gone back down to 17. Um, but looking at the full year, strong 57, almost 58 percent return. So what do you uh, what do you think about Stitchfix? Definitely been one of the more volatile names on the list. Maybe not for everybody, you know. Um, it's uh, it's not a company that looks very attractive on a on a fundamental basis um, in, in terms of you know look you look at its price to earnings and everything. It's sort of sky high but uh that's that's not how you know wall street thinks about these these names they think longer term and uh think about their earnings potential you know three four years out um i think that it's uh as i i mentioned um to begin the year one of the reasons that i like this pick is it was sort of at the uh, crossroads of a lot of interesting mega trends if you will of like e-commerce and uh bespoke services and just you know, people being a little bit lazier in general, and they want uh, so Stitch Fix. You know, is a service where you can um, order, you know, clothes online, and they come 
regularly and, and monthly installments and you have a personal stylist. That's the whole premise, right? Um, and I think that that's a strong premise and, and Amazon has not yet muscled in. Obviously, that's sort of the el- elephant in the room. If, if that happens, Stitch Fix could be in trouble. But um, it's, as I said, it's not for conservative investors by any means. But if you're a little bit more aggressive um, and, and take a longer term view, uh, it will be volatile in the short term, but I still see it as a buy, um, and I own some myself. Do you use the? the I do, I do, okay. I do use it. Any new uh, additions? And, you know, I've uh, I was getting it monthly, man. And I was I was getting it monthly, and I've actually dialed back to, to okay. once every three months. So I think um, they started out as like sort of for for women, and they have a strong female CEO founder. Um, and they expanded to men, which was helpful for me. You know? <laughs> and uh, they're big and tall and everything. So uh, they're expanding their markets. I think that's helpful. Yeah. John, about what, you run about 6'3? Six, 6'3, three. Six, three, six, So you that know. you need the Good tall, the big and tall. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, next on the list Johnson and Johnson, the well known, obviously, multinational company selling medical devices, pharmaceutical, and consumer packaged goods. Last year, is trading at about $129 and it's now 140. So just your solid eight and a half percent return there. What do you like with Johnson and Johnson? Right. Um, I, you know, it underperformed the market. The market did quite well this year, but um, that's to be expected in a, um, in a, a very uh, high return environment. Um, this is what they call a, a low beta stock, which means it uh, doesn't move as much as as the market. That's almost always true with Johnson and Johnson, and and that's a good thing for a lot of investors. They they want reliability. They want uh, dividend income. This has 2.7 percent dividend, which is pretty good. You know, not going to get that uh, even on a 10 year um, 10 year treasury these days. So. As you said, it has three um, main divisions, which uh, is just great diversification. Um, pharmaceuticals is, is its biggest money maker, um, and it's also its fastest growing of the three divisions, which is always good to see. It has a strong international presence, um, so the dollar has been extremely strong recently, which has worked against Johnson and Johnson. If that um, reverses, which usually you expect, you know, things to revert to the mean, so to speak. Um, then that should be good for Johnson and Johnson um, and their earnings because, uh, well, it just uh, if you're making money overseas and uh, and the dollar is is weaker, then you can convert that into more dollars. You know, as we if we travel abroad, we all know the how that goes. So, um, still a buy, I think. Uh, definitely a pick for conservative investors. Not going to be a home run, but good solid stock to own. Next on the list, Berkshire Hathaway, the Oracle of Omaha's multinational conglomerate. Uh, at the end of 2018 was 306,000. Today is 337,000, little over. So about a 10% return. What can you say about Berkshire? What can you say about uh, old man Buffett? You know, uh, he keeps doing it, um, doing it big. You know, there is a, uh, a Berkshire B, that's uh, Berkshire B shares, which are. Um, Far cheaper than three hundred thousand dollars, so those are more accessible. I think they're around two hundred dollars a share or something. Um, the performance is identical, so um, uh, still had a pretty good year in terms of absolute return. Um, 
and they just have a bunch of cash right now. You know, it's an insurance giant. It's a it's a really a financial holding company that owns all sorts of businesses um, that you probably interact with um, more frequently than you know. It, it owns railroads. It, it owns you know utilities. Uh, very conservative. Um, core businesses, but reliable cash flows. And then Buffett uh, is, you know, the greatest money manager of all time, arguably. And uh, he takes those premiums that um, are paid, insurance premiums that you and I pay and everything, and invests those in stock. And he's quite quite good at it. And I think Berkshire is still uh, a buy um, if you take its portfolio of holdings and sort of subtract that out of the price and then look at the remaining business. It's tra- trading at a pretty attractive multiple, and um, they have over $100 billion in stock, I mean, excuse me, in cash to do, you know, whatever they're going to do with it. And, you know, I trust Berkshire as a, as a manager of capital, uh, excuse me, uh, Buffett as a, as a manager of capital. And he is getting older, you know, it's a, it's a worry about succession. Um, but he's been grooming um, a lot of people to, to take his place, to fill his shoes, and um, has some very competent uh, successors in the wings. So this will be the first one coming up next that uh, did not have a positive return, at least uh, of note. Uh, it's a Centene Corporation, large government-sponsored and privately insured healthcare provider. At the end of last year, it was at around $57.65. Today, it's Right around 58, depending on when you look at it. Right. Uh, John may be right or <laughs> wrong with this one. It's right around 58. Looking ahead, I suppose, since it sort of didn't really make uh, yeah. too much headway, what do you like or dislike about Centene? Yeah, I mean, um, the as, as a member of the healthcare sector, uh, that tends to be one of the stronger sectors in um, aging bull markets or uh, even recessions. Uh, Healthcare is just something that everyone needs and uh, is willing to pay for, and um, as a with a strong presence in the in the Medicaid um, area, I still like Centene. Uh, it still trades um, about 18 times in earnings, um, and uh, one one measure the PEG ratio, which is price earnings to, to growth, price to earnings growth, uh, as it's called. It's just um, if it's below one, it's good. It means that uh, basically, you know, the PE that you're paying for the stock is is not higher than the expected earnings growth rate, um, and that's the case with Centene right now. So, um, it's also a consolidating space where, um, you know, it's hard to sort of hop into the in- insurance game, and it's you know there are regulations to consider, and so it could be acquired. Um, it's sort of one of the smaller names compared to, you know, Anthem and United Health, and so that means it has a little bit more growth potential. Um, not a great year for it, but um, I'm still a fan. Uh, I say it's a buy going forward. Next up is Apple, a well-known tech company that yeah. seemingly has a new iPhone every six weeks <laughs> now. Fantastic year for Apple. Uh, December 31st of last year, the stock was $157.74. Today, 268 dollars for a return just under 70%. What, what did you know about Apple, and, and why hey, was it so successful? Um, I'm not, I didn't have any special knowledge, my friend. Uh, you know, it, uh, it, It's the best performer on the list, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, and that's sort of surprising. It's a trillion-dollar company. You know, it, it definitely has um, the largest revenue of any of the companies. Um, 
I mean, it just has so many dominant um, verticals that, uh, you know, iPhones, I mean, I would have thought that they'd sort of fizzle out or, or not be as popular anymore, but the ecosystem is so strong, you know, you, you sort of get hooked into it. I mean, right now, we're recording uh, the, the time uh, of this podcast on, on an iPhone. Just yeah. getting really behind the curtain here. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, if you don't mind me operates. revealing that. <laughs> um, but... Tim Cook is a great CEO. Um, they, you know, the one thing with Apple is that everybody owns it. Um, and so that's, I'm a little surprised that it's done so well, but um, that's uh, a concern in terms of like its potential to uh, keep growing at a, at a very rapid pace. It's its share price at least um, because everybody and their mother owns, owns a slice of it and all the fund managers want to, own it in order to track, um, you know, the wider market. It's a big part of the NASDAQ and, um, and other indices. So um, I, I would actually say it's a hold going forward. I think that um, it's maybe run a little bit hot for, for its growth. Um, you know, there's still Samsung and, and Google, and, you know, that Google actually has the Pixel, which hasn't been a huge hit, but you know, poses a threat, and Apple services uh, are, are where its earnings growth is coming from, iTunes and, you know, digital. Um, but I think it's a, a solid company. I wouldn't go out and buy it in droves. Next one on the list, Sprouts Farmer's Market, the health food supermarket chain, uh, the only one on the list that, that actually had a negative return. So on December 31st, it was at $23.51. Today it's at about 20 um, which would be about f- maybe 15% in, in the negative. So uh, what happened? Hey. Spr- t- to give us the answer <laughs> about what happened with Sprouts and then go tell Sprouts. Yeah, I'll take the L on this, man. You know, it's, uh, it fell a little bit. Um, I-, I was happy with the pick. I mean, I think it was a well-reasoned pick. It just hasn't played out. Uh, it's been a market that's been going after growth uh, a lot. This is not a high-growth name. It's, you know, it's a grocery chain. Um but they're executing. They just uh, in the third quarter they beat um, earnings. I believe the stock has been on a little bit of a, a comeback from from lower prices earlier in the year. Recently, um, so they they beat on earnings and sales in the in the third quarter, and um, they continue to expand their their private label brands, which um, are higher margin. They're you know obligatorily if that's a word, probably not, uh, getting into e-commerce, um, you know, because even Amazon is, is delivering now uh, groceries. That's sort of the way you have to go. It's hard to compete because it's a low-margin business, but um, I am still a fan for uh, conservative investors. It's not one of my favorite picks, but um, I actually think it's, it's decently priced, and I would say it's a buy. And the last one on the list, Dow DuPont, maybe the most complicated to explain here because the large chemical company, which was comprised of Dow Chemical and DuPont, is no more, at least in that structure. So right. can you discuss uh, that split? Yeah, I can get into it a little bit. I mean, this has been uh, called uh, one of the most complex corporate uh, actions of all time um, because the company, it started out as a, as a merger between Dow and DuPont. Um 
a few years back. And then their plan was, you know, only on Wall Street, the plan was to then split into three separate companies. Uh, the logic being that um, the market can better value individual companies that are focused on one business uh, than sort of a conglomerate that's diversified and it's hard to isolate where everything's coming from. I think that that was a sound thesis. It was a little bit, um, it's not the most straightforward pick, obviously. Um, but going forward, you know, the, you, I can't recommend whether or not to buy it or sell it. It's three separate stocks, as you mentioned, Dow, DuPont, and Corvetta, actually, however you say it. Uh, which is into agricultural seeds and weed killers, sort of a Monsanto-type company. Um, I think each of those have their own, own merits to them, and, and you should sort of um, – they're, they're for specific kinds of investors who, who are into that sort of uh, industry. I'm not going to pick uh, something like that going forward because it's a little out of my depth, to be frank, uh, and, and this year just proved that. But, um, you know, it's uh, – they're – it's, it's a good, solid underlying business it was to begin the year, and, um, you know, the spinoff was, was justified in, in, in the minds of Wall Street. You know, we'll call it a pass. Yeah, we'll our, call it a pass. We'll, yeah. So now looking at this holistically, how did these 10 stocks perform against the market? I know you did those calculations. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I, I am trying, I'm struggling to get the exact number on Dow DuPont because there's dividends involved uh, and a few different things. But assuming that Dow is correct in my calculation, then this is the worst case calculation for Dow, uh, down 14% or something. Uh, the, whole, the whole portfolio uh, was up 29% for the year um, compared to 26% uh, for the S&P. So beating it by three percentage points, proud of that. Happy of that number, um, and you know, doesn't sound like much, but over over time, if you can um, do that over the years, it compounds. It's uh, you know, not going to toot my own ho- horn, but uh, I think it's good to have a diversified portfolio. Anybody who bought a diversified portfolio of these stocks, I think, should be pleased with the results. Yeah. Now, looking at this list, are there three stocks that you're specifically excited about moving forward? I mean, I know you talked about uh, Facebook, I believe. You liked Sprouts. You, you believed in the potential. Are there three that you would say uh, of this 10 that you're most confident in uh, moving forward? Uh, definitely Facebook. I think that's uh, probably number one just because in the stock market, it's important to just understand what, what you're risking and, and your degree of confidence. I think there's a very low risk that Facebook you know, implodes, you know, or anything like that. And um, it's going to continue to be growing uh, at, at a above market level um, in terms of revenues and earnings. So that's number one. I think that's definitely a buy going forward. Number two, I would say NXP is still a good pick. You know, a few years ago, um, as I mentioned, you know, Qualcomm was willing to buy them for around the same price per share that we're seeing right now. Um, that's just assuming that, you know, the business has just stagnated since then. Um, then it's at least worth that much. Um, and it hasn't stagnated. It's been um, steadily improving. Um, and the company's bought back stock because uh, it's realized that, you know, to begin the year it was buying back stock. It realized that the price was uh, just too low. So 
Um, that is another buy. Um, again, maybe not the same degree um, of a buy as, as what it was to begin the year with. But uh, I'd say for the more enterprising uh, investor, Stitch Fix is, is a longer term um, pick. Um, because it's also got 20% plus growth. As I said, I just think that it's sort of a intangible. It's a, definitely a, a riskier pick, but the intangible uh, quality of, of being at the intersection of, of e-commerce and bespoke services and um, just betting on the laziness of, of the average uh, person, uh, I think that's always a, a good bet. Bet on the laziness of the average person. Right. That's that's the final uh, the thesis here at the end. Yeah, it's but a little uh, cynical, but uh, I think it's true. <laughs> John, thanks for joining me and, and looking back at your old picks. We will see you next week. Thank you so much, Antonio. Next week, we'll take a look at John's 10 best stock picks for 2020. So please subscribe to the podcast today to make sure you won't miss that episode. And also check out our other episodes and go to money.usnews.com for advice, rankings, and tools on all things investing. If you have specific questions about investing you'd like answered on future shows, please email us at wealthofknowledge@usnews.com. Finally, please do subscribe, rate, and comment on our podcast so that we can help more people make smarter decisions with their finances. I'm Antonio Barbera. Thanks for listening to Wealth of Knowledge. See you next week.